What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I hope you guys enjoyed the first few months of All the Smoke. We've been getting tremendous love and support, responses. Me and Jack couldn't be happier. Man, we appreciate you guys, man. Before the new year, we got a chance to chop it up with Carrie Champion. The queen of smoke. The first lady of smoke. First lady of all smoke. And since then, she's announced she's leaving ESPN, which was kind of, it shook everybody. Mm-hmm. It shook everybody, but we happy for her. We're happy for her, because I told her personally she's never hotter than she, you know, she, she's on fire right now. So for her to venture out and do whatever she can do, take over the world. So we wanted to give you guys that intro to the situation. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. Welcome back, episode 12, All the Smoke. My brother. My guy. We back. Need some powder on your hands. We got the amazing, amazing Carrie Champion. Thank, Thank you for, for your time. Me. I love you. Thank Appreciate you so much it. for having me. I love oh. you guys. Both You're our so first much. female guest. I know. First. Okay, how, how'd that happen? We had an eye for you. Okay. No, to keep it real, I mean, we just love what you've been doing. You I know what I mean? You. The fact that you're, you know, you're heading Sports Center and. That's only one of the many things you're doing. Um, you know, with the success from television, obviously in the sports world, it's opened a lot of doors. So tell us some of the other stuff you're doing. First off, I have to say I'm so happy to be here because I work with you guys both. And I don't know if people know this because they sit here and they see you guys and they're like, oh, they just talk and they have such fun and they're cool and they know people in the league. But you guys have really transitioned. That shit's hard to do, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, as an athlete to become a broadcaster, you have a voice that people respect. Obviously, they respect you. But you do it so effortlessly, both y'all. And I just, I think that nobody acknowledges that. Like the shit's not easy. We get up here and we talk and they think it's easy. And and all these, so many athletes I meet, especially ball players, they want to transition. They want to, basketball players want to do this. They want to, and you can't just sit up here and just start talking Mm -mm. and think it's going to work because it doesn't work. Right. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. You're welcome. That means a lot come from you though. Yeah. No, I have a lot of jobs. I have a, I work on a show with um, The Rock called Titan Games that Mm -hmm. airs on NBC. So I, I host that show 
show, which I love because it lets me do, like, have more personality. You guys both know mm -hmm. off camera I have more personality. I think people feel like I'm really, like, elegant and uptight, and, mm -hmm. and that's not me. So it lets me be a little more comfortable. And then um, I, I host a lot of different things where I just try to, you know, have a little bag and keep it aside for myself. I like mm -hmm. to make all my money. I don't mm. have to wait on nobody to give me no it. money. I want all my little change. And then I have a foundation that I run. Tell where us about the... Uh, what's it called brown brown girls dream where okay. i i um it's a, I, so many like dope young ladies would always hit me up in my um my inbox and say carrie how do you do this or how did you do that or can you help me whether it be in front of the camera or behind the scenes they just want to they want some help and i know when i was coming up there was nobody like i just had to figure it out on my own and mm -hmm. so i created this really informal mentorship where i help young girls who, and, and the ages vary, right? It could be anywhere from 20 to, to 30. But I help them get into a world where otherwise people just overlook them. Because so many women, especially if you are a woman of color, you're overlooked. You might be qualified, but you're overlooked. So right. I'm just taking them to the front of the line and I'm like, here you go. Here's somebody who's great. You may have overlooked her. She mm -hmm. deserves an opportunity. Just having a resource is so important. You for sure. I mean? that's, that's, that's the biggest thing, especially for the young, the, the youth, just to have a resource and know where to go. I think that's that's huge on your part. Thank you. I appreciate it. But it's I good. think there's a handful of you guys that are really in this space, women of color who are opening doors and letting women know. You know what I mean? This is an, this is a platform you can utilize now. And before, it was unheard of to have a, a black woman it was unheard ha having of. a voice on television. It was unheard you know, of. Outside of Oprah. Oprah's been doing it for some years. Well, that's why. Right. right. <laughs> I love Oprah. Like, right. I, that's when I was a kid. I saw Oprah. I was like, Mom, mm -hmm. I want to do what this lady is doing because she looks like my auntie or like mm -hmm. somebody who'd be in the house. Like, mm -hmm. you would watch her and you'd be like, wow, she's she's fascinating. And, and she just, obviously, she was, if you see it, you can believe it. And I think... When I started at, um, like, I have been in, I was a journalist for a minute, but when I started at ESPN, which was like seven years ago, I was hosting a show called First Take with Stephen A. I had him on here mm -hmm. and Skip Bayless at the time. And I remember I could count on my hands how many women I thought looked like me that I saw on TV all the time. That was only seven years ago? Yeah, I know. It feels like forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It feels like forever. Um, but they had just became partners. Like Skip and Stephen A. had just became partners. They weren't, they weren't always, they had just started that relationship. And then they wanted somebody just to sit in the middle and kind of tee it up. And it was just a real simple role. I wasn't supposed to really like get into it or get into the debates or any of that stuff, which was cool, which was fine. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. I just liked the opportunity. But at the time, there was no, at ESPN, there was no black woman working Monday through Friday sitting at a desk. Mm -hmm. And especially on that show, that show was like high visibility. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to, you know, it wasn't right. tough, but it was high visibility. Right. And at the time, I did not know that I was working with those two personalities. You just don't have, mm -hmm. you had no idea. And I remember uh, Jamel Hill pulled me aside one day and was like, girl, so let me just put you on some game real quick and try mm -hmm. to tell me what it would be. She was like, I was supposed to get this gig. Mm. They told me it was mine. Mm. Um, in so many words, they gave it to you. People may want us not to like one another, mm. right? Because you got it and not me. She was like, but I will not let that narrative live. She was like, I have your back. That's and from huge. day that's one to yeah. care of me. That's like that's huge. tell me that's not that's, that's a, totally that's a, her. That's no, a that's super dope. OG move. Yeah, no, she's I'm a big fan of her, man, in the space. I know Jack has a good relationship with her. She's been She's always kept it real. Always. You know, and, and Who does that? And speaks your mind. I mean, I think, like I said, for you, we spoke a little bit off camera, and we'll get into Gabby as well, but, you know, for you, you're someone who speaks your mind. She's someone who speaks her mind, and it's refreshing. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because it's always, the picture's always painted as, you know, an angry black woman mm -hmm. or, you know, hard to work with. Mm -hmm. The stereotypes and the labels get pushed around, but it's good to see that you guys have made it through, although it's, you know, it's a, it's a, 
ongoing battle, but you're at a place where you can, you know, you, you freely speak for the most part. Well, I think that that those labels will always be there, which is why I started the the foundation. Because I feel like, and you guys know what it is, like you you come on TV and you don't look like the rest of the analysts. Mm -hmm. You don't talk like the rest of the analysts. And so if people don't understand who you are, they um, they judge you or they're uncomfortable. And so I got to the point where I'm like, why does your the level of your uncomfortness, why does that have to affect me? You're uncomfortable. You have to get comfortable. Like that's not my situation. So... I feel like, you know, with Jay, and Jay taught me this a lot. I have to tell you, she was really my mentor. Like, she schooled me on a lot at ESPN and how to move and make sure you have people who have your back or mm -hmm. have an advocate. And, but Because those closed-door meetings. Mm. Watch the motherfuckers. Don't mm. Watch the mm. motherfuckers. Right? Mm. So many words is what she was saying. Watch your back. Watch these Hi. Because if you ain't got nobody, you, you're in trouble. Because right. people can say yes or no, and that can affect your career. That'd be mm -hmm. the end of it. Yep. Um, so I think that that's what I'm trying to do with my foundation, and I think that I've gotten to a point where like Jamel will always be like or some of the people that we have in common will be like and I'll just say at work will be like you know the athletes fuck with you Carrie they fuck with mm -hmm. you heavy like they oh. get you they get it mm -hmm. they get it like they know it's not easy I'm not sitting up here just pretending and and and, and moving through life like there's no care they know how hard it is behind yeah. the, behind you know behind the doors behind closed mm -hmm. doors mm -hmm. where did all this begin like your your love of sports and your aspirations to take this um, I worked okay, so I wasn't kidding when I told you when I was a kid, I saw Oprah and I was like, I'm gonna do whatever that is, mom. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't modeling, wasn't singing, no. it wasn't nothing, no, no volleyball, track, no. it wasn't nothing. Well, I ran track in high school and I wasn't good enough. I played I ran track and played basketball in, in high school, but I wasn't good enough and I knew that. And I was like, All right, so what else can I do? But I always talk. Teachers would be like, I'd always be the student that was talking too much. And you'd be like, Can you get your daughter? She talked too damn much. You're right, ain't nothing changed. Don't let nobody talk. <laughs> running my mouth in the back of the class, not paying attention. Um, and then, and I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, of course, I had, you know, modeling moments and right. wanted to be in videos and stuff growing up here in L.A. Because I, I grew up, I went to UCLA. I went to Pasadena High School. So mm, Shout out I, to Bruins. Yeah. yeah. Bruins are the best, no? Mm, okay. We haven't been very good lately, but yeah, just, but general, just to be there, just the family, <laughs> the, family is, yeah, the family is dope. So um, then I got my first job in West Virginia. So I drove my little Nissan Ultima to West Virginia to be a reporter. And I was a one-man band. So you see how like they got their cameras and tripod? That's what I was doing. Running around West Virginia filming stories it was hella racist I, people would call me the colored lady but I loved mm. what I was doing I didn't care like you didn't care that you was making two dollars an hour and you look crazy on TV I was telling stories and I was living my best life and I was like look this is what I this is what I've always wanted to do they didn't know the colored lady was a compliment hi I was like you, thank you I'll take it I wasn't mad at I, I was just loving life and then what you do is when you work in local news you just work your way up and then I got fired in Atlanta that was like market, I think there's like 200 markets, right? So Atlanta was like top 10 market and I got fired when I was there because I was just being me. And uh, what that means is I have a lot of fire in my belly. <laughs> so as I'm you a, should. As, and so you, but there's a way you go about it, right? Because mm. I, I had never lived outside of LA. So really living in Atlanta, and you know how it is. South. Right. I was like, wait, oh, this is oh, this is totally what this is. Different. It's totally different. I had to learn. It was on-the-job training. Um, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I, I had to reboot. I had to change my trajectory. And I went into sports, and I started working in tennis. And that's all she wrote. I flew myself out to ESPN. Like, every job I get, I hustle. Ain't nobody been like, mm -hmm. you know what, brown girl, let me fool with you. Mm -hmm. You so heavy. Like, you so bad. Let me. No one does that now. But everything I've ever gotten literally has been on my own. And I flew myself out to ESPN and was just knocking on doors. 
doors. And then they were like, okay, we'll get back to you. And then I would just keep calling and keep calling. I just check in, send my resume reel, check in. And one day they called and they were like, you want to host this show called First Take? And I was like, y'all bullshitting. And they were like, no, for real. Like, do you want to host this show? And I'm like, what about the guy who, you know, Jay Crawford was the host at the time in Dana. And I was like, what? And they were like, oh, they're moving on, da, 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 da. And I was like, okay. So I go out. Do the audition. Literally auditioning with Skim and Stephen A. outside of me. So I'm I'm nervous, but I'm pretending like I'm not nervous. Stephen A. making nervous. Yeah, but in general, I don't like know them. I know nothing about it. But they were in the show. They yelling back and forth, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Dad, are they gonna yell at me? Or what's what's the? <laughs> so I'm reading the prompter, and so they do a series of things, right, just to throw me off. So I'm reading the prompter, and I'm teeing, teeing them both up with questions and stuff, and then the prompter just goes off, and then they just. They want me to go from the script from memory. Mm-hmm. They just turn the prompter off, like to see if she can, can she ad lib, right. can she freestyle, mm-hmm. can she do it on her own? And I, I kept my cool and it was a wrap. Mm-hmm. So um, I killed that shit. Mm-hmm. I swear on my life. I was like, I killed it. Then I remember talking to a friend of mine and I said, I did great, but I'm black. I'm not going to get it. Mm. And she was like, what? I was like, they're not looking for no black girl to host that show. They're looking for a blonde. Like, what are you talking about? I remember just having this honest conversation. Like, I might be freelancing and be working for the Lakers or something. Like, this is just my thought process. I said, if they call me by a certain time, which was like two weeks later, because um, I was going to, I was working at the Tennis Channel, and I said, if they call me by the U.S. Open and say, hey, you're going to be here in New York, can you come up? I got the job. So, no call, no call. It's been two weeks, no call. Um, Y'all already know how the story go, obviously. Mm -hmm. So then, like, I was flying out on Monday, and they called me on Saturday and said, can you come and, one, meet Jamie, who was hiring at the time, at at the U.S. Open, and then, two, can you come up to the studio one more time and do an audition again? And I was like, okay, and that's all she wrote. It was a wrap. It's done. Can you believe that shit? That's dope. (laughs) That's crazy. But that's why I always tell people, like, just hustle. Like, nothing comes to you. I can't stand that people want something. Nothing. I flew myself out there. Mm -hmm. I stayed in the little broke-down Bristol Hotel. Not the nice one that they got now, the Doubletree. But it was even more broke-down than that. Mm -hmm. I I probably, I'd have no money. Like, I was just, I had whatever I had, and I just paid for myself to go there and back. And I was there for two days, just sitting in the lobby, waiting for people to meet me. No, I had no planned meetings. I was like, okay, whoever wants to come see me, I'll wait. I wait, and then that was that, and I got the job, and then my entire life changed. Like mm-hmm. I was like, wait, why is it? Why is everybody tweeting me? Why do? Why? Because you know those aggressive ass fans they have. <laughs> they were so mean. They were like, you, I was like, what? What's what's happening? And then what did I do? I was exactly, right. exactly. What was no, good? We talked a little bit the other day when I was able to host Sports Center, and that was one of the things you told me. You know, because uh, you know I just signed a deal with ESPN, and I'm going to start being doing that more. She's like, well, you need to go to Bristol. You need to sit down and knock on these doors. That's you need it. to take these lunches. You need to take these dinners. She's yep. and she was kind of laying it out and you know, I think it was dope you know what I mean because I think you know once they let us in it's and, a and, and they're kind of scared because we're you know we're good at it you know yeah. what I mean they're like uh oh uh, they're like wait a minute what's happening what, what, what where'd we, you what, come from what's going on what's going on <laughs> tell me some of the difficulties you faced first and foremost being a woman but then being a woman of color on on your journey to the top I think just the obvious stuff I think I'm always in a room and I'm the only one like now right it's always just, and it's a lot of male energy. And if <clears throat> it's a lot of male energy, and if you're not comfortable, that's intimidating. And it takes a long time to be yourself. I think working, especially, I, I have so many lessons just from first take. When I was on first, I'd be the only one in the room. And then they'd be like, here are your thoughts. And I'd be like, <clears throat> nervous, armpits wet. And then I just finally was, I, you get so, 
And y'all know how it feels. I don't know what, how it would translate in basketball. You get to the point where you just don't care anymore. And you just yourself. And you just so like take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I was... There were so many no's, and that doesn't make sense. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't—I didn't know much about a lot of different sports. I knew basketball, but I had to learn football. I had to learn a lot of different things, and it was on-the-job training. And I would, you know, they would look past you. Like a lot of the times when I was, you know, first take, people would look past you, like, or or there would be people who didn't address you; they just addressed them. I, it's—I mean, I can count so many times I was embarrassed daily. I was daily embarrassed or humbled, and it—and I'm not gonna lie. I remember uh, picking up. <laughs> I remember picking up Jamel one day. I keep throwing her back because that was my dog, and I had um, <laughs> I had a some champagne in my my cup. You're not supposed to drink and drive, guys. And so I picked her up, and I'm like, I quit. And she was like, What? <laughs> I had been there like a year. She's like, What? I was like, I quit. I'm done. I said, I'm gonna tell him on Monday. And she was like, What's wrong with you? And I was like, I can't do it. It's breaking my spirit. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's, it's cold. It's miserable. I ain't got no friends, no family. And she wasn't living there at the time. I was like, it's just hard because the shit's hard. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, every day you get up, you get dressed, you do your best. And somebody's telling you you're not doing your best. How do you, how mm-hmm. do you deal with that? Right. You know, how do you, how do you keep finding your encouragement? And then I just had to dig deep because I'm not a quitter. But I, but I tell you, it was, it was close. It's hard when the, when the odds stacks against, stacked against it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's hard, hard to find your motivation. It's hard to trust anybody because you can't trust anybody, right? And then you find yourself in this situation where you're like, how do I keep getting up, dealing with this every day, being told? And at the time, you have to understand, like, that show was, like, off the... It's still popular, but it was off the charts with those two. Mm-hmm. And then I had people telling me on social I wasn't nothing, and I got, you know, and I'm sitting in this cold place trying to find my footing like I want to do something else because I can't really talk on the show like it was just tough um and then I just I, I it's perseverance you just push through I was determined I was like after I had my little my little breakdown my little emotional breakdown and um I just was like I gotta figure this shit out and I did and it ended up working in my favor and none of it has been easy but when you know when you get to a certain level none of it's supposed to be easy right None of it's supposed mm-hmm. to be easy. All of it's supposed to be hard. And if it's not hard, you're not working enough. So I'm okay with all of that. Tell me what it was like having to pay your dues in Bristol and then finally being coming back to California where you're from and now you're... I was, I, you know what? It was weird. I didn't even know I was coming back. They, they were like, hey, I think we're going to create a show called Coast to Coast. You want to go back home? I was like, I thought they were just playing. I was like, what? Y'all, y'all being funny? And they're like, no, I'm serious. And it was great because when I... He, he, here's the thing. Okay, Michael Smith told me this a long time ago. When shout I first, out Mike. Shout out to Mike. That's Ooh, our dog, right? We Ooh, love him. Ooh. So when I first got to... <laughs> I'm just giving y'all all the business. When I first got there, <laughs> I had been there for about maybe a, a year and a half, maybe two. And we were going to... Maybe it was a Super Bowl. We was traveling somewhere. And I was walking around with Mike. And um, people were stopping me and asking me for my autograph or to take a picture. And it was like other athletes or just people in general. And I was I was so shocked. I was like, wait, oh, they're asking, they're asking for to take a picture with me. This is when I had just I'd been, in, been at ESPN for two years. And Mike turned to me. He was like, oh, oh, you still in the I ain't shit bubble, huh? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like what? He was like, oh, you still think you ain't shit. Oh, they got you. Oh, okay. And, you. and he was like, they got you. You need to get, like, he sh- like shook me. And he was like, you have to understand where we live and where we work is not real life. He mm-hmm. was like, you're doing your thing. And if nobody tells you, I'm here to tell you. So you got to get out of that bubble. Because you're just, you're like this. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, I come to LA and I was like, oh, wait, okay. And then people, I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe okay, I'm shit. Like, you know, yes, but still humble about yeah. it, but like, okay, it, which was good for me, right? Because I, I wasn't trying to, you don't want to get too high or too low. You just want to be like this. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get too high or too low. So you can't be too hard on yourself, but you can't think you're just shit, shit, shit. So I was just right here, and it was mm-hmm. easy. You were just shitty. You yeah, was I was just shitty. shitty. I wasn't like, shit, yeah, shit, shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we just, I mean, we had a good time. And when I came here, I had all these other opportunities. Um, I got to work with a lot of people that were nice. Um, and then, you know, you... You just you. I'm from here, so you mm-hmm. have to you have to understand. Like I measure it. I don't. I'm not out here like, you know, we Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Like I, people are famous, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't trip off that. I'm mm-hmm. like okay, because when you grow up here, like you go out of your way to act like you don't see famous people. Like it's yeah. just like all right, it's, it's normal, right? Mm-hmm. You're like okay, cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's not a big deal. Go Magic, whatever. I ain't tripping. <laughs> Although I did trip when I first met Magic, but yeah, that's dope. Some of your favorite moments in sports. Uh, what makes you feel rewarded? We know you talk to a lot of people. You've done a lot of a lot of work in the space. What makes you feel rewarded? Like out of all the work you've done, I like good stories. I like just telling really good stories. I like to see people win, not just physically win, but win in general. So like, um, there's so many. Uh, okay, so a personal story. Like everyone asks how much you love sports. So growing up here, I was always a Laker fan, right? Besides all of. DMs and, and texts yeah, you no, get about, no, about, yeah, about, no, about, no, about how, how no, good you look and how we praise you. <laughs> Let us know what <laughs> makes you feel rewarded besides that. I get no DMs. I said we should do a show man, called I, DMs. Man, I, I don't get any DMs. Please. Everybody on your page, all those guys no, be on your page no, praising you, Carrie. I, I read it all day. Yeah. I read it all day. Guys, cut. No. <laughs> I read it all day. <laughs> What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. But what, 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 what makes you feel good though about like, your work? When I when I can do a story about somebody who we had a kid, and what I think is really important now, I'm knowing that a lot of black men are dealing with 
a lot of personal issues, right? And in sports, you guys don't talk about it. But it's becoming more and more common that black men are talking about how they're dealing with depression mm. or how they are struggling and how it's really hard to live a life that so many different people want them to live. Like, I don't even think people understand the pressure that it takes. They think, oh, you, you can catch a football. You got all this money. You should be happy. You could you could dribble a ball, put it through the back. Oh, you should be happy. But they don't understand how they grew up or what they're dealing with. The mm-hmm. other side and people constantly asking for something, mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. people, whatever. Y'all know better than anybody. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I've always felt bad for the athletes. Like I've, I've had an empathy and now that I can see and be able to help and witness that a lot of these these young boys, even grown men, are coming out saying, I need help. I'm struggling. Life is hard. I'm not as tough as I'm trying to make y'all feel. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care how much money I got, how many chains I got, how many broads I, I got. I cry. I cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shit's hard. Like, I'm, I'm having a mental breakdown. Today's tough. Um, and we were able to do a story with one athlete. <laughs> And the fact that he said he was getting help and starting to get help and feeling a little more, a little more easy, not thinking about taking his life, those kind of messages mm-hmm. that I get are rewarding. Like that, that's what we're here to do. We're here to help and tell really great stories. Like, of course, there's the fun stuff, but to me, that's huge because in our community, you know, well, you're supposed to be taught, be strong, be strong, be strong. That's what you like. This be strong, but it's okay to say I'm not strong. It's okay to say I hurt. Like my, my mind's not right. Like yeah, they've been teaching, they've been teaching us to be strong and be able to take so much, but they don't teach being real with yourself enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Staring in the mirror. And that's when you start to turn the corner when you're being real with yourself. Yeah, you can be tough as hell, but you got to be real with yourself mm-hmm. when you're dealing with life and everything you're going mm-hmm. through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't live, yeah. don't live by a facade. Be real with yourself and that'll make it's it a lot easier. It's hard for everybody to be real. Right. It's hard. Like, because you don't want people to, like, men are in general, in my opinion, hard, they don't, they're not expressive. Right. Very few men like to talk about their feelings. You want to go in a cave and figure it out. So then you want me to turn around and tell you that I feel weak and I haven't figured it out and I'm vulnerable and all these emotions that you're just not familiar with that make you feel like somebody could take advantage of you mm-hmm. in a world where people do nothing but take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Everybody's asking you for money. Everybody need a new house, new car, new this, new that. Mm-hmm. You don't know if she really likes you for you, right? You got and you and sometimes you indulge in all of that. But it's all a facade because you go home and you're tired and you're weak and mm, you drained. you drained. You mentally and physically drained. And now that I'm starting to see so many of these guys talk about it um, in a much more, you know, eloquent way without feeling like someone's going to make fun of them or mm. they won't have the same respect in the locker room, to me, is rewarding. Because that's the turn. That's the mm-hmm. turn we're seeing in sports. <clears throat> we haven't seen that. That's the turn. And it's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. What's the most positive and negative aspects of or the effects I've had on your career positive and negative through social media the the positive of social media and the negative of social mm-hmm. media life you, and career because I mean you you know working for who you work for right you really have to monitor yourself oh my god yeah that's that's a negative like some days I I want to be on there like so, so like I'll I'll follow you guys <laughs> stack too he'll be like cursing I'm like that's what I wanted to say Or like, you know what I mean? That's just the freedom. When I see people tweet free, I'm like, freedom? Like, I want to say what they're saying or when things are happening. I'm like, that that would be my tweet. Yeah, you know, whatever. I I like it. But I think the negative is that I'm not allowed to, which is a good and a bad. I'm not allowed to, in my opinion, I police myself on what I say. Because 140 characters, like, you can't really get out. Or even more than that, you can't really have a nuanced opinion. And everybody thinks their opinion matters. So I don't really delve into Twitter. I think social media um, has 
has made everybody feel like they're missing out on something or right. they or that person's life is better or they want that or how come they don't have that or why is she winning or he winning and I'm not winning. Those are the things that I think will ultimately um, take its toll on you. Sometimes I just got to tap out. Like I just, I, I can't even be on it. Um, I think the beauty of it though is that if you have something special to share or you, or you want people to know who you really are, you can mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like sometimes you guys post and I'm like, oh, I can tell that's who Matt is or I can yeah. tell that's who Stack is mm-hmm. or you can really show a side of you that people may not be able to get by just listening to you on the podcast or mm-hmm. seeing you for two minutes on SportsCenter. <clears throat> and um, and so I use that to my platform. Like I sell, I sell certain things that I want people to know. Other, you know, but I'm very, look, I don't know, I'm very private. Like I, social media is mm-hmm. for my benefit, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what I, I've chosen to be that way. Right. Cause I'm gonna be like, oh, you ain't got no man. That's why you ain't got no man. That's why you gonna ever be if married, you, you know? Only <laughs> But that's a plus though, because you know, sometimes <laughs> words that, that, that when people hear stuff come out your mouth, they can't twist that. But you can type something on Instagram and they automatically gonna twist it. So oh, it's sure. good you don't do that. Yeah, it's, it's good business. you don't do that. And I think that, I mean, I think you touched on it perfectly um, for, for Jack and myself is, you know, we were labeled this one way our whole career mm-hmm. for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just took advantage of being that. And it got us 14 year NBA careers and championships and money. But I think the platform of, of Instagram in particular is just, you know, so on the other side, you know, the father, the charitable side, the mm-hmm. coach, who I really am, spe- speaking freely without be- worrying about being fined by the NBA, like you right. said, with your ESPN stuff. So yeah. it's to really be you and, and, you know, when people are, are real enough to show you who they are, you know, I think people do appreciate that because, like you said, they get a snapshot of you and they yeah. form an opinion of who they think you are and it could be the furthest thing from the truth sometimes. Yeah, and they need to listen. Like, I think if people follow you, they're going to pay attention. They're like, wait, hold on. I see another side. I remember, can I tell a story when I met y'all yes. both? Mm-hmm. Separate instances. I met you when I was working um, on First Take and we were on the road in San Antonio and you were a guest on the show. Yes. And and you were, I think maybe they, I think. I just got released by him. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, pop is tripping. Like you kept it 100% funky. <laughs> he was like, I yeah. should be on the team or whatever. You were really nice. I thought you, no, I wouldn't call you nice. You were very professional and you were very much about your business. And I thought to myself, like, because we did another interview with you afterwards and you were talking about, I guess you had an album come out. Oh, or, yeah. Yeah. yeah and we that. were talking to you about that. And I just thought, okay, he, he's got layers. I don't think everybody <laughs> right. knows. Yeah. Like you were very, very sp- like I didn't, I didn't say the town you were from, right? And you made sure you're like, "Port Arthur, you got it wrong." Like yeah. you was like, yeah. "I was like, all right, my bad." Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought to myself, I was like, "That's nice." And you were just very professional. I didn't, I didn't get like, I didn't get DM stack like yeah. you know. Smart. Yeah. I was just like, I appreciate yeah. him. Like I appreciated that because I felt like that was like a mutual respect. I met Matt. You I, you were on my podcast, my my podcast, mm-hmm. be honest, and it was right after we we mm-hmm. tell we tell the story often. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell it? Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> it was when he was maybe dating Rihanna at the time, or y'all had just got done dating. It was no dating situation. Okay, well, yeah, that's, that's what the whole gist was, and she was one of the people like, hmm, let me hear, let me let me get this, let me get this. So they were connected somehow, some way. I guess some TMZ came up to you and asked you something. Some, yeah, some yeah something shit. like that. And we, I had you on the podcast and I asked you about it. And you're like, that's my friend or whatever. And you were very, I felt at the time, because somebody had, I guess, you know, said that on Rihanna's behalf that y'all didn't know each other. And you were talking about it. And this was the first time I ever really believed a dude. Because I'm like, look at Rihanna. Everybody going to say, hey, all these dudes lying, saying they dating her, they ain't dating her, they like her, whatever. But then you start telling the story. I was like, oh, no, he's telling the truth. He's, I, he's, you he's just, very believable. Yeah, because he could be lying. He's no, very he's believable. Believable. Okay. He's believable. He's believable now. <laughs> so I was like, oh, 
I was like, that's unfortunate. But you were real chill about it. And mm-hmm. I was, again, another instance where I was like, he's not at all what I thought. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important that people have these moments. Mm-hmm. Like, I try not to judge people unless I experience them right. myself. Like, I right. got to experience you. I got to sit with you. I got to mm-hmm. talk with you. People can look at me and say whatever they want, but I want them to sit with me and experience me before I they judge my me. match. Yeah. yeah. Energy, yeah. same thing. I want to take you back to 2014, kind of still dealing with social media and with that the clown Artie Lang tweeted about you. And what was what did you learn from that and, and kind of now that you are someone that's looked in at a certain light and there's people that just are crazy and disrespectful his out new, there. His new name is Fuckboy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not new. It's, it's, it's been, it's his, been. Name. It's yeah, been yeah. his name. Um, we were, um, the, yo, that was crazy. Because <clears throat> I never ever, I've never really talked about that. Uh, we were doing a show and um you know how you check your your social media during we always check during mm-hmm. commercial break and i was like what it was just like these series of tweets and i was just i thought it was i don't know i don't know what i thought it was and then i um when i went to our guy who runs social media um at the time and i was like i said is this real and he was like yo this dude is crazy and i was like yeah like this is and here's the funny thing i used to be a big fan of howard stern he used to be on the show mm-hmm. and i used to like listening to him on howard stern and I just thought, I was like, why does this white man think it's funny to make jokes about slavery? Like, I was like, how are we, how are we 2014, whatever? I was just like, this is crazy. This is, and I'm like on a platform. Right. I was like, would he, if I didn't look the way, I, if I was blind, would this be funny? Like, would he, what, what joke would he make? Like, if you not, say something like that, how quick you, you going to get fired? So quick. Right. I wouldn't even have an opportunity. And, um... I remember, you guys are going to laugh at this story, I remember going to... A couple of folks like in house, and they kind of just like just like like don't worry about it. Like can nobody give a fuck. They was just like oh, don't tough. worry about it. Yeah, shake it off. <laughs> and it really it if it really hit me. Like I was like yo, like no respect. Mm-hmm. Like damn, like I worked this hard and you I'm still getting disrespected. Back, right? Nobody has my back. CC wanted to come out. Huh? Oh man, I was like <laughs> you got to weigh the pros and cons. So I have enough right. in the savings, and then I was like. I remember your girl. We keep talking about her, Miss Hill. She sent out this these series of tweets. She's good at those. So you know she's good at that. She she'll st- drop them bombs. And she can stab you with her <laughs> she'll words. She'll stab you with her words. And so she just started light. I mean, literally lit him up. I remember going home because I lived in Bristol by myself, just turned off my TV, turned off my phone, and I just went to bed because I was tired. I was like, I was emotionally Mentally drained. I'm just like, I'm just, damn, this shit is so hard. Why is it so hard? And then I woke up and I was trending. I was like, what the, what? I didn't know what the hell was happening. And apparently, like, it became this thing. Like, people had came, people out of the woodwork just went at his head and he was, and then people started to pay attention. That's the power of social media you were talking about. Then mm-hmm. people started to say, okay, this fool's a clown. And then it started to get talked about. And then it was like think pieces and it was on all these different shows. And they were like, he's banned from ESPN. He can't come on here anymore. And he, I, he apparently had a friend who tried to reach out to me to tell me he was sorry. I wasn't even listening. But at the point, at that point, it had become so bad do you remember the movie 12 Years a Slave? Y'all remember mm-hmm. that? That movie was out. And this is how cruel social media is. Do you remember the, the campaign for it? It was a slave, right? He was running or something, running, right? right. Mm-hmm. People have they put my face. It. Can you I don't want to laugh. I don't want to laugh. I don't want to laugh. Can you believe that? That's crazy. That's crazy. And I was like, yo, how disrespectful is this? Like a bunch of people were sending me that, like defending him, like having his back. And I was like... What world do we live in mm. where that's okay? Like, none of this is okay. And then, and I just never talked about it because I was just so hurt. I was really hurt. 
Because I was just like, that's like, as a woman who is respected, also I thought, or this, you know, I'm sitting here doing my job, minding my business. I was like, why is that okay for this white man to do that and still treat me this way or treat us this way or have this image of us? None of that's funny. None of that's funny. Mm -hmm. And so it just became this whole to do and everybody, you know, we already know what happened to him. Yeah. Well, speaking kind of in this realm and, and, and with the treatment that you guys get in this space, you know, Gabby is going through it right now. We talked about yeah. Alf Kramer, how proud of her you are yeah, and, yeah. and what she's doing. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I just I just sent her a message. I said, well, she obviously got let go from this show, right? She got let go from um, America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you don't have to renew somebody's contract. We know that's the, na- the nature of the business. No one's entitled, right? But you would think if you do your job and you do it well... Mm-hmm. Get rewarded, and she did that. Right. So, how do you like? She, we're watching all these people, you know, fail upward, and she's succeeding downward. Like, how? What? Why mm. is she not being mm. brought back? Right. So she's just frustrated. I remember her just being like, "I'm so frustrated. I don't know what's going on. I'm so frustrated," which I understand. And then she's like, "What should I do?" And I remember her just really thinking it through because you have to realize, and she's talked about it later. No matter what, especially with women of color. No matter what, you could whisper and your voice is still too loud for a world that never intended to hear it. You could whisper. You could just say, hey, can I talk to you and use all my happy words? I'm uncomfortable with this. And it's still a problem. Mm -hmm. And so she was tired. Like her quote, not mine. I'm tired of being a happy Negro. I'm, I'm tired of just being here. And the response to what she's dealing with in terms of how people have had her back has been overwhelming because normally you, it just gets, you know, pushed to the side. And it may, who knows? Because she knows the end result of her speaking up and saying what she said could end up with her not having another type of job like that again, mm-hmm. right? It could, and, and people are like, well, she's a rich husband, but that's, no, that's... That's not the point. That right. ain't the point. Right. Like, if you know her, she want to work hard, she got her own money. And it's also the fact of the respect. Like, I've, I've been in Spencer for so long, are we still doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, at the bottom line, like, I'm like, I've been nothing but professional. I handle myself accordingly. I show up on time. I go above and beyond. I'm twice as good as everybody else. I, why, why am I not getting the respect? Mm-hmm. When do what, do, what do I have to do? Mm-hmm. And so... I was really proud of her because for us, a group of women have talked about it. It's happening in real life. It's like 3.0. I've never seen anybody do what she's doing and then get the support. Usually it happens and then there's a pushback. Right. They're mad at you. You can't work no more or mm-hmm. no one's writing about it or no one's applauding you and saying, good for you. Thank you for standing up. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's beautiful. For yeah. us, it's right. beautiful. And it's, it's big. It's not falling on deaf ears anymore. Yeah, you know what right, I mean? I think right. for so long it fell on deaf ears. Like no you said a lot. You're like They don't want you to speak in the first place. So, so if you do, up. you know, but it, people are, are, you know, I just think we're the like, power of social media. You know what I mean? It's really the power of social media. You know, when you start, you know, because I spoke to her too after it happened. She's, you know, so it's like, you know, you know, I freely speak. I was like, whatever you need me to post, let me know. I got you. you know, oh, I love you, that. You want to come on the show? And she's like, I definitely want to come on the show. But it's just like you, you get allies, and, and now we all have a voice. That yeah. not only certain people have a voice, yeah. so now we can start attacking, yeah. or or at least fire back. Yeah, I want and I want that freedom. What you need me to post? That's where right. I'm going. That's where I'm moving. That's my next okay. level. What That's you need what me I'm to post? About. You'll be there soon enough. <laughs> On a brighter side, huge, huge, huge UCLA and Laker fan, but particularly Lakers. Uh-huh. Talk to me about that. I love the Lakers, y'all. 
Not just because, like, we know. I, but not just because they're like you guys have to. Okay, family. I'm gonna give y'all the whole background. I don't know if we, you know those stories. Let's get the breakdown. Here's the break. Okay, so my grandmother grew up in the segregated South. This is you know I was gonna bring in my grandma. She grew up in the segregated South. My she, mom. She 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 played basketball right at an all black school in Magnolia, Arkansas. And so when her mother moved to California. She left secretary school and came here and became a Laker fan right away. Now, my grandmother can't drive. This is a funny story. Still alive. Amazing lady. But she would want to go to these Laker games, but no one wanted to go with her or drive her. So she would catch the bus to the forum. When was this time frame? Like 80s. Okay. And who would go with her? I don't know what was going on, but it was me. Mm-hmm. And I'd be right there with her, just sitting there in the nosebleeds. She's like, yeah. You got to see Showtime. I, but I didn't really didn't know, know what right. was what right. was happening. But right. she's like explaining the game to me and how much she loves the Lakers and, and this, that, and the third and AC Green and da 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 da. She loved him. He was so cute because he had Jerry Curl. Like it was all these, <laughs> it was all these stories. She loved Magic. Like it was all these stories worthy. Like I could go down the list. Right. Cooper and his socks, and she would just be talking about it. That's all she ever talked about when we was a kid. Oh, when I when she watched us, that's because she will always watch us because my mama was working. So she would watch us all she ever talked about. And at one point, she would take. We used to have these family photos that were framed up all around the house. Of course. And whenever she got to meet one of them and they signed it, they she went right in there. Yeah. <laughs> don't she, don't care what grandbaby coming out. That's Magic Johnson. <laughs> Right. That is a fact. Right. And so our pictures would come out one by one, and it'd be all the Lakers. You'd be like, damn. You related to the whole Lakers team? <laughs> I was like, hey, we're, no love, right? You could, it, literally black and white photos of Magic, of AC Green, Coop, whoever she met, like right. who, whoever she caught the bus to meet. Like literally, she would get on the bus to meet anybody wherever they were signing. Because back then, it was easy. You could just, mm-hmm. they sign in here, show up mm-hmm. at the warehouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. So... Obviously, I became a Laker fan, and it was right, you know, when they were battling the Celtics, and we would just sit and watch, and she was so into it, so I had to be into it. So, because that was it. Like, I was just, I was literally at her knee all the time. That's all I ever knew. And so, it, it went all the way back to there, and then, of course, my fandom is just even more crazy. So, Kobe, Shaq, uh, mm-hmm. Amplified, and then when they when Kobe and Shaq were battling, it was like, yeah, the city was divided. You remember, it was like, mm-hmm. who you were? You were Shaq, you were Kobe. Right. It was, before, it was like know, East-West Coast beef. It was yeah. crazy, because you was just like, who you, I, you know. With? I, well, at the beginning, I was with Shaq, of course. Everybody was with Shaq. Uh, initially. Initially, yeah. everybody was with Shaq. Because everyone bringing the chips back. Yeah, yeah, hello. And then we're like, well, hold on. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> let's just, let's not rush to judgment. Right. <laughs> I right. can understand you wanting a trade. <laughs> you know, remember, he was all right. bad, right? And then, then, this is my, um, the whole thing is like, Laker fans are ridiculous because we're spoiled. Crazy. Like we're spoiled and we always been in conversation and so when we don't like I even have to admit this. I used to talk so bad about LeBron. Like so bad. Like I'd be like, ah, he ain't got it. I know I'm mad. I told myself LeBron and I have had this conversation. I was like, I ain't shit. I was wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, I did not like you. I was like, but welcome. Let me know if you need anything, right? Let me what, welcome to the family. But he was just like, he was like, all Laker fans hated me because because of Kobe. And you know why? Mm-hmm. Because as LeBron started to ascend, we felt like people didn't give Kobe his his just true, due. Right, true. We felt like it went from Michael Jordan to LeBron. You're like, wait a minute. It's Michael Jordan, Kobe. Kobe. They still yeah. skip over Kobe. Mm-hmm. They still do, right? And so we take it, we took it so personal. Yeah, like I it was still do. so personal. <laughs> like you be ready to fight. And I thought to myself, I said, okay, I understand why now. And I think, look, I mean, look, if somebody 
put some true serum in Kobe, he say the same thing. Like, why right. do you, don't don't skip over me, mm-hmm. like at all. But the reality is, is that when you're just such a fan, that's how it was. And so, and at the end, you just want to win. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I just it kills me because you know fans are so fanatical. They're crazy. They went nuts on me the one time I faked the ball in Kobe's oh, you, face. Oh, people wanted to real like I was getting death threats. Of course. Like you know what I mean? And 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 the uh, I didn't the, like you. The Latino population was <laughs> on my head. Like you know, Dodgers and Lakers, they'll kill for Kobe and they'll. Kill for the fucking Dodgers. So it was really like that summer, like shit was crazy, but it ended fast because that's the summer Kobe had called me, like, yo, come anyone cares, you know, to fuck with me, come play with me. Uh-huh. So then I came to the Lakers and then all the, the, the Mexican people looked because they thought I was Mexican. Mm-hmm. So they thought, man, we got a we got a Mexican homie on the Lakers mm-hmm. now. And I would do my signings and <laughs> they would and, and I finally had to I was like, I'm not I'm black and Italian. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? But they still but it was crazy t- because the You gotta Mexicans tell that were, story when you said they would you like, oh, we have to take out one of our own. Yeah, no, nah, they, no, nah, they, for real, they, they thought they were gonna have to take out, you know, they have to take out one of the, you know, someone of their own blood. You know what I mean? Like they wanted, they were wanted off with my head. You know what I mean? And then I ended up becoming a Laker right after that. But you make your little Pedro jokes, but they really thought I was Mexican. Yeah. So they was on, they were at my, they were like, we'll kill you when we see you in the summer. And I was reading, I was reading these tweets in like a Mexican like. Essay voice. voice, like we'll kill you, Holmes, when we see you type shit. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. But then right after that, we like I said, and then like, and I, I talked to her about said, No, we didn't fuck with you at all. At oh, all. At all. At it was crazy. It was rude. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one on one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. How do you separate your fandom and your professional I, career? I, I absolutely do not. <laughs> you ever catch me on TV? I absolutely do not. And the reason why I don't, I will tell you this. I think that everybody who ever, who works in this in this arena in any capacity, especially if they haven't played, but if you work, you you have your teams. Right. Like, you love your teams. Like, you know, I, you know, Stephen A. loves the Knicks. He'll talk mm-hmm. about how, or his Steelers, or, I, you know, 
my my co-host David Lloyd loves the Cowboys. Like everyone talks about their team that they love, and it's okay. So no, I don't separate it. I I, I don't separate it one little bit. I love it. What well, I I like because like I said, you've always spoken freely. And Dwight's first go around with Oof. the Lakers. You let him know how you feel. One thousand percent. And then he let you know how he feels. Yeah, it was and then uncomfortable. You guys, tell that though, because people might not know. And then you guys sat down and squashed the beef somewhat. Um, is it squashed? I don't think it's. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at him. But what I thought, what Dwight did, I, I, I'm always ahead of the curve because I said I was like, we don't want him. I don't like all these keep. D12 bill. Remember them billboards they But had? why argue with a woman when there's so many men out there killing you? Why you pick choose a woman to go with? That's kind of weak. That's kind of weak. I'm not going to lie to you, though. If, if, if some women oh, said some slick shit to me. You would have came out my head. you would have heard what she said, you, you would have went up. back at her. What, okay. I, no, what did I say? Right. Tell me what I said. I don't remember what you said, but it was crazy at the time. I was like, yo. No, and then he, he, came on, he, he came on... Um, he came on Sports Nation when I was hosting it, and um, he said something to me first. Oh, really? Yeah, he said something. So get something. the story right, Matt. Yeah, he said something to me first. I'm not he goes, taking up from what I'm <laughs> saying. A woman with slick mouth sometimes gets talked back to. That's what I'm saying. Oh, God. See, do you see the world I live in working with men? Do y'all see? Which I'm not afraid. I'm fearless, so I don't care. So he said something like, he's like, but not like some people who don't like me no more. He said something like to that effect, mm-hmm. like re- knowing that I didn't like him, knowing, remembering that I didn't like him i said are you referring to me and i was like yeah no i didn't and i said i'll tell you why i was like fans were no he said laker fans treated him really bad when he was leaving and he didn't like it he was like like some people and he looked at me and i was why like do okay care? right because you like it just happens but i get he wanted he thought it was gonna be funny because you know he's a silly guy mm-hmm. but well, i was I ready for it because mm-hmm. i, I t- again i take everything so personal about my lakers and You're i was like oh, yeah i wasn't with the shits i was like this is why we didn't like you we felt like you let the team down we felt like the last few games you were playing you know half-heartedly like you didn't want to be there then why even play at all why even come why go through the motions i just felt like you quit on your team and no athlete should ever quit on their team like i just felt like you get paid to do a job do your damn job i don't care mm-hmm. if you don't like what's going on leave all your emotions out there like no one has time for that show up and play and he was like no well let me tell you what really happened i wasn't mad at anybody mitch Kupchak, and he was talking about the whole like how he got ejected and he just explained it and we just i was but i was with it because i was i had been waiting i had mm-hmm. been waiting i was like okay go ahead sir because mm-hmm. i wasn't i understood that he felt some type of way and then him and kobe had beef mm-hmm. you know so i was just taking it for kobe <laughs> Because Kobe's Kobe needed me to take up for him because he couldn't take up for himself. <laughs> he Kobe, called had, you like, Kobe had called me Carrie, like, "Can you handle ass. my lightweight?" And Carrie, I was like, "Got it." Like, kidding. He didn't do that. But it was. I'm not mad at Dwight. I think Dwight actually is really misunderstood now that I see a lot of him. Like, I think that I think knowing him off camera, I think that um, maturity plays a huge or lack thereof plays a huge role in how he handles himself. He's a, he's a big guy, so everybody expects him to be this big mean guy. But right. he's he totally opposite. He loves life. He's a big yeah. happy yep. guy. Yeah. Big happy happy dude. go lucky fun yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, he's a nice guy. He should be a little mean in my book. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree with that. You too tall hey, to, to each his own. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right though. Yeah, but no, he's a he's this, a fine. This this go around though, he's playing. I think he's an X factor. Oh no, yeah Huge for sure. Huge addition. Yeah. I, and I said it, but when they signed him, because we don't want Dwight. We remember the first time, and I'm thinking to myself like. This dude knows this is his last chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? You fuck hustle. up here, you're done. I was mm-hmm. trying to play with him my whole career. With Dwight? Yeah, I was trying to get oh, yeah. on this team. I oh, really? played with him in Orlando when he was the shit. People don't really like 09-ish. Oh, he was Superman. Led the league in, yeah. NBA, led the league in uh, all-star votes over Kobe, over mm-hmm. LeBron, yeah. over KD. He was two-time defensive player. Dwight yeah. was 
incredible. Yeah. And then he, he came to no question. He came to Lakers and had that back injury, and I think he tried to rush back from that. And people don't take it like people. We talked about this on one of the very first episodes. People don't give a, if you're on that court, they don't give a fuck what's oh, yeah. behind you nope. and what's like you got to play. And yep. like coming back from a back injury, I saw he went from being Superman to barely being able to jump, and I'm just like, damn. And you just happen to do that on the Lakers stage. He said you that. Can't, he you said can't that. do that on the Lakers yep. stage. Oh, he was like, might. I had a back injury. Nobody knew I was playing injured, and I'm in. <laughs> We'll like they don't care. He a real fans don't give a fuck. That's how it is, right? Welcome. Everybody's injured. Welcome. Everybody's injured. Uh So anyway, whatever. We all we got we got over it. But I did. I was slick. You ain't lying. I'm I'm hardcore. If you had came on the show that I was hosting after you did that to Kobe, we would have fought. Like I probably would have greased up and put some Vaseline on my face. Uh, I would have been like, "Where you at? Where you at?" Let's meet up. Yeah, I would have been like, "You would have been like, is she serious right now?" Right. Like, how dare you attack Kobe like that? do yeah, that for crazy. y'all though like if right. y'all were like like if somebody was talking bad about y'all y'all I, even now i would do that so but if y'all to, was a Laker, call up, uh, the guy that said that about you and tell him we're having a christmas party yeah. <laughs> just have up. him show up to the lot across the street tell him we're gonna buy him a christmas tree <laughs> and beat the brakes off yeah we i go love put, it we'll i love it i love it i love it lebron and ad combo i mean i love it um i got them winning the championship you do yeah okay yeah i i, I got AD has been Tim Duncan on steroids, and of course, I think LeBron's the best player in the world. But if KD not playing, but um, you don't think the Clippers? I I just think the dynamic of the LeBron being able to do everything and having a player with the cat the, the caliber player of AD and what he can do on both sides of the floor and how he can get forty a night on anybody. LeBron has never had that. Mm-hmm. He's won championships with less. So to have that, I don't I don't think anybody's stopping him. So when LeBron was on, I have to ask you this because this is I I'm being honest. Like I get the Clippers make me nervous. And you on our show, so don't start asking questions no. like we on your show. No, I'm nervous. Like I'm, I'm nervous. I, I I love the Lakers. I agree with what you said, and I, I would like to see him. But I think the Clippers have the upper hand. I don't know if they have the upper. Though they have the upper hand in the sense of like defense. Like I just get nervous. Like I'm like, and then I don't. Well, and of course I don't think Kawhi's 100, but that doesn't really matter at this moment because he they doing this low management, and I'm thinking, okay, so LeBron needs to be low low and managed, Le- or so does AD. Like as how as a fan, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, y'all don't know. Okay, it's December. Chill. Best thing for the Lakers in the worst thing happened for the Clippers. They beat the Lakers early. The best thing for LeBron was he took that and he got a lot of uh, uh, flack when he didn't beat the when he didn't play as hard as Kawhi okay. did that first game. Like Kawhi took the challenge, he guarded them all at. Mm-hmm. LeBron didn't do that. So the next day he was getting killed in the media. Mm-hmm. Ever since then he'd been on a triple no, double spree. He heard yeah, you. Yeah, well, he, he needs to take a break. He, he heard you. He was another guy. He was yeah. on his head. He was you know on what his mean? head. And I was that was bad for the league because now he's gonna destroy everybody. And I was year. I was someone saying he was no. just filling out his surroundings. I yeah, think I he thought made so a, too. He made yeah. an assertive effort to say, okay, let me see what we got with AD. And it took a little bit for AD to get his feet wet, yeah. but they're rolling now. You know what I mean? They they, they had a hell of the the Clippers make me nervous. I don't. I'm look. I, I'm gonna say all day the Lakers are gonna be mm-hmm. in the finals, but I, I really want them to manage them. I don't feel like they don't have. I, LeBron's like, oh, I don't believe in low management. I'm like, you don't have to play every game, dog. Like, I'm all set. Save like, it. yeah, save it, save, save it. it. This is this. It's too early for all this. Like, I get it, but chill out. I look. I don't know. I think. I think that the way that they're handling Kawhi makes me a little nervous. Like, I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's not 100, but it's smart. Like, they don't need to win every game. They're looking at this right. whole marathon. It's right. not this little, not little sprint. sprint right here. It's they got the sprint. whole marathon. Right. And, and then it's really going to come down to coaching. Like, can is Vogel coaching or is it? Is it? <laughs> okay. Okay, see, <clears throat> there's the answer. Coaching? Huh? Who, Jake said? <laughs> That's crazy. You can't give Vogel his respect. Them Who? boys is... Them boys is Number one record in the NBA. Yeah, because they got um, one uh, coach of the year over there in Lionel Hollins, and they got Jay Kidd right there. That's why. You think Jay Kidd is coaching? 
I just feel like LeBron and them out there, like we got. I like Vogel, like but I just know what too. I just know what guys like J Kid been having him on the bench and having Lionel Hollins, both players, both that been uh, had success and coach. I know what that do when you have a player on the sideline. Uh-huh. That's different. Uh-huh. That's different. If, if you had Kobe on, Kobe on the sideline and Vogel, who your player going to talk to during the timeout? It damn sure not gonna be Vogel, so I'm telling you, having J Kid on that sideline, I'm telling you, no, I'm not fighting that at all. I'm, I'm not you. fighting that at all. So you think, kind of like us, that the conference finals would be Lakers Clippers? Yeah, for sure. I and definitely then, think that. Who, I who think you like in the East, Bucks. But I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like they have. You know, Perkins was on the show the other day, and he said something I thought that we don't pay attention to. They kind of have a three. They kind of have a big three with Chris and Bledsoe, like and Giannis. I feel like I don't necessarily know if they. But I mean, to me, that's all I see. Mm-hmm. I, Celtics look good, like, but I don't. I, I, I'm not believing. I, I just, think the Celtics I'm not. are a piece away. I like Philly. If Philly can figure out what they have, I think losing Jimmy Butler was big, huge. But we'll see. You know, what I mean, I still like you know Embiid. You know, I don't he, know. B got called out by Shaq. Yeah, so he got motivated, but I just don't. I don't know. I just feel like they're too immature. I don't think they're there yet. That's Miami always need to trade. Been maturity. Well, Miami's one piece of white too. Uh, them well, who, who would they trade for? Who do they give away? Who do they have to give away? Know. Who do you bring in? What yeah. kind of player? No. Yeah, Miami's but good. Don't, Pat Riley. He'll make something happen. Yeah, Pat, Pat ain't no joke. <laughs> Mob shit. Okay, yeah, so I don't know. I think it'll come down to coaching. I think at the end of the day, like, I think no one's saying anything about Frank Vogel because the Lakers are winning. So if they start losing, he'll probably get more That's heat. That's what I said. What, right. what happens when they hit a two or three game slip? Yeah, we'll happens. start talking about Vogel. <laughs> then we'll say, okay, he doesn't know what he's doing. But I, 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 like, I, Slide like, over. Everybody said it's everybody. Everyone, no one's giving him any respect mm-hmm. at all. No mm-hmm. one's giving Vogel any respect. But what about the Pacers team? They, didn't he coach them when they were at their best when they was Jodeci and them? Remember? Did they win anything? No, but they were always mm. in the conference finals. Like yeah, I felt a lot like, of teams compete. But he was doing well with that team. Like wasn't that him <laughs> or was it Le Boy or Roy Hibbert? Like what? I mean, what happened to these guys? Like yeah. I, I, in my mind, I'm like Roy Hibbert was the shit. Then he, yeah. he didn't play any. Where he go? Right, right. He was a Laker for like five minutes. That's mm-hmm. all they needed. That's all they needed Wait, to that's see. That's a good question. Where is he? Rap. Where's I Roy? I don't know. Where's Roy? New segment. Who are some of your your favorite young players in the NBA right now? I like Donovan Mitchell. Um, I like I like John Morant actually. Who don't? No, but he's actually I like his swag. He's like, a problem. He plays like he believes. It took Zoe so long. I'm talking about Lonzo because I was such a diehard UCLA mm-hmm. Laker fan. It took him so long to believe, and I was like, how do how do you come out believing and others don't? Like Zoe didn't have that. And, I, and everyone say it might be his dad, whatever. I don't know about all that. Mm-hmm. But I just like his – it's a lot of these intangibles in terms of how they are off the court, like how they handle themselves, how they how they believe, how they come at these these vests. Like, I don't care. Like, what From two up? different walks of life. You know what? True. How you grow up. You right. You right. It means, right. It means right. something to Ja. You know what? It means something. I'm it's, not saying it don't mean nothing to, uh, to the other kids. To Lonzo, yeah. It, it means something to him. Yeah, I like him. I like. Uh, I'm looking. I'm. I, I don't know what's going with Zion. I'm waiting to see what he'll be. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm. That's, that's to me is the. That's the big question mark. We this kid slid out of his shoes, and everybody waiting to see him play, and his knees hurt, and is he too big? Had, does he need to lose weight? You can't tell. So many I think questions. He does. I think he needs to come down to two sixty five ish. Two eighty five is big, especially for the the the, the rigors and, and the length of the NBA season and the travel schedule and the practice. I think we'll see the best. Zion at 265, but it, it'll be interesting once he kind of gets in the rhythm and starts going. I like Trey Young too. A bad team, but I like game. him. Yeah, Luka's I like him. Luca's got a game. Yeah. yeah, there's a handful. It's the, a we, handful. Yeah, we, you know, we spoke, you know, to D Wade a while back, and 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 you know, once LeBron leaves, like I think the NBA is going to be in great hands. You know, with KD. you do, yeah. You who's, know, the, who's the next LeBron? K, I don't know if there's, there'll never be another LeBron, but yeah. who's the next big star? 
KD, Giannis, Luca. K- I, I got to go with KD. Yeah, I, I, I was saying before he got hurt. He, K- so KD going to be the one breaking records yeah. and shit. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. It's me starting to see. I don't know. We'll see. Superstars. Then, mm-hmm. then, then you know, next year we had the Warriors back in rap form. So. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I have a question. Yes, here you go. I had a question. Go ahead. You know I'm going to ask a question. So why do people think, and I asked you this already, so when people think about you and they say, they see you and they're like, stag just don't give a, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You say whatever, come to us mine. Do people see what I think I see? The sensitivity of who you are? Like the nice guy? Do you show that to everybody? Your kindness? I think I do. She's going to make a gangster cry right now. Nah, I, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do. I mean, I, I try to. I try to be me. I wear my emotions on my sleeve, so. But how you express them is different. How everybody. I express them is very different. Yeah. I mean, everybody don't follow me. So if they follow me on Instagram, they see a totally different side of me. You know, I, I listen to gospel every Sunday on my life. I know. You know what I mean? So people might not know that if they don't follow me. Um, I'm a very emotional guy. Mm-hmm. Very emotional, but. You would you have to be around me to know that. Ooh, at work one time, I think it was Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. He brought all the girls a single rose, rainbow roses. That's all. Just that player Are shit you get- right there. Well, and. It- no, he was very no. I was, it was, it was, <laughs> you know what? We trying to hype that devil up, <laughs> get him going. Yes, a little bit of it was. Yes. Though. It, hey. A little bit was though. <laughs> little bit was the player in me, but it was, you know, it was Valentine's Day. I was going to work, and one thing about working at the time, all the women there treated me well. You know, I, I spoke to everybody, and that's just the country boy in me, and, and being raised by a beautiful woman, my mom, I've always had respect. So. Working there, you don't see that a lot. Uh-uh. You don't see people doing stuff like that and, and respecting women uh-huh. and saying hi, how you doing. So I made it a point to do that on uh, on Valentine's Day, and they loved it. No, not only did they love it. The, first of all, he don't know this. Before before he even gave out the roses, the rainbow-colored roses, which I thought was so sweet, he walked up to every single girl and gave it to I was like, what kind of sweet little menace society People don't know that side of me, Carrie. People don't know that side of me, Sweet little menace society. society. You little son of a gun, you. I was like, like my mouth was open. He was just really sweet. And he's shy, too. Like, he's there's a shy element to you that people, like, it sounds crazy. Everything I'm saying sounds crazy to somebody who don't know you. Right. So then, but before he gave out the roses, I got to put, all the girls would be like, he's so cute. He's so cute. They all liked him. Don't tell him, man. He's going to get jealous. He think I'm starting to look good because I've been using this product. He don't, he don't. He don't think I've been. I've been had a little glow on me, man. I've been had a little glow. And they, they just a pretty boy, miss. But they really, they really see it now. <laughs> anyway, <the laughs> thank gr- you, though, Carrie. The girls loved him. They be like, "What? What's the situation?" I'm like, "I don't know. You know my business." Like, but all the girls right. loved him. Like makeup. He talking about he was really nice. All the girls because they all loved him. The makeup artist. The makeup artist. He simply in a makeup room, talk to the girls, and ask them about their day, how they doing. And just well, it's good because once you, he opens up, the motherfucker will talk your face off. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? oh, for sure. Talk your whole goddamn face yeah. all the way off no, onto sure. the ground. You, you ain't lying. Yeah. The girls be like, oh, I was telling him about this recipe I made the other day. I'm like, what? Talk your face off. <laughs> Talk your face off, man. I will. With you being such a big, you know, voice. Gary got me blushing over here. I love it. You, be, you blush. Like, legit blush. You deserve it. 
if he wasn't so dark, I'd say your cheeks are a little red. I can't really they see are. him, it's but I can imagine mahogany. Like, it's like under, a mahogany underneath color. that dark tint. It's like a mahogany underneath color Underneath that right dark now. tint, it's like <laughs> a little bit of red. Your hands probably sweating. Bar color. You know. are, you, are your hands sweaty no, right now? Before, before, before they was drinking that, it was bar coming to little baby jar back in the mm-hmm. days. That's what the color oh, is right got now. Got your hands sweaty. I ain't seen you blush, bro. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dang, uh-huh. Carrie, you got Jack over here blushing uh-huh. and shit. He's blushing. <clears throat> With you being such a prominent voice <laughs> in the sports world, what is your thoughts on the WNBA and mm. the progress and the growth they're trying to make and the equal pay stuff? I feel like the WNBA is kind of suffering from what I was telling you about earlier, about women who feel like they can't talk, otherwise they'll never work again. I feel like it's very... I th- I, I feel like most of the women I speak to off-camera want to say more about what's not right. I think... Mm. If the men who played in the league or men in positions like you guys start talking about their traveling conditions and how they're being treated so poorly, if that became more of a story, then people that have these networks, i.e. ESPN, would talk about it more. Like, I I feel the women don't feel, I know for a fact they don't feel respected. I think it's getting better. But you have this one product in the NBA that is booming, right? Booming. Booming. I don't know what these television contracts are. And you telling me you can't take that model and somehow make it work for, in any capacity, more so than what it is working now for the women. You're making forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 minimum, right? You're traveling um, in the worst conditions. Uh, you are playing some of your, your playoff games in, in high school arenas. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I'd rather I know watch that, Ty Young than watch Otto Porter. Like, seriously. And I don't think a lot of people go to uh, WNBA games, but you've been, yeah. and you go. It's the fundamentals. It's a, and cool you enjoy, it's a good yeah. vibe. It's the fundamentals. Yeah. You like it. It's family. It's fun. It's everything. And I think I, what hurts them is athleticism. And if you don't what, understand and appreciate the game. Some guys in the NBA than me. If you don't appreciate the game, for as a purist, you'll overlook it because of that. Yeah, because you feel like you need to have this. I want to hear low the rim, make them dunk, hire whatever you want to say. I just feel as if I feel like it's a great game and they're not publicizing it well. I, we buy stuff that we don't even want because of the way it's marketed mm-hmm. in, in everyday life, whether it be clothes, shoes, anything. So how come yeah. you can't market this product? There's no way you can figure out to market this product. Just be like, or do you not care? Right? It's the people who run it, and you have to. You got to hold people accountable. But it's come a long way. But it's been twenty some odd years. I'm like, yeah, damn. It's been a long time. They got. They got to start adding. Like I think, like even with like the All Star Weekend. They had like the women's, they have the women yes. integrated some type some of way, kind, some you know what I mean, to start yes. making people see the game and see the involved stuff like that. They do a little bit with like the, the shooting competitions, but I think yeah, like more, it could be more. Uh, a deeper ingrainment in the NBA game to have, yes. you know. It could be much more. It they didn't have more. an all-star game that weekend too. Yes, the same weekend. Something like that, you yeah, know before, what I mean? Before they play the all-star game exactly. or have their game, a game in general that mm-hmm. played that weekend. There's yeah. a way to do it. You just have to decide if you want to do they it. They might need to pay you some money to get behind the scenes to help. Listen, I, me, uh, you know our mutual friend, Christine Simmons, mm. we've talked about that in so many different ways. It's just you have to want to change it, and right. I don't necessarily think they want to. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot, too, and I don't think they do. want to. Social issues and having a platform like Champion Causes. Speak on that. You know, there's there's so much going on in, in, in today's society with right and wrong and mm-hmm. police brutality and human trafficking and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like, Because I know all that touches you. You're someone who's sure. very aware of the news. Speak on that. Things that register with me. Um, and it's so funny. I have, and they don't have any particular order, probably a little more passionate about others. Um, but I, I don't like the way that uh, black men are treated. Like that's one of my one of my big big issues. I feel like the the black family is 
is is uh, destroyed in so many different ways. And I feel like they attack the men, and as a result, the women are left to do so many different things. Mm-hmm. And then when that happens, you break up this culture, and you don't know your history, and you don't know where you come from. So that's one of my really big issues. And I like to talk about the idea of black love and us taking care of one another in a in a much more village family type way like if you look at different cultures you look at how the jewish people or the italians stay together like you go to italian 20 30 40 deep like and i'm pretty sure they have their dysfunction as well but this this um connection that we don't have or lack thereof is why the women are you know like me where i i grew up fearless which is great but i need it i think I need a healthy fear of male respect, right? Of of my male, mm-hmm. my whether it be my my mate, my husband, my boss in air quotes, whatever it is. I think there should be a level of respect there, mm-hmm. and I don't have that because I didn't have my father growing up. So I'd just be in your face, ready to ready to tell Dwight he ain't nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and Demanding I don't think, it. yeah, and and it's not and it's not appropriate, but it's a I'm a I'm a creature of habit, the the environment product I grew up of in, the, environment, the right. product of my environment. And so the more I get older, and the more I realize that that's not necessarily the way to approach life. I understand why I'm doing it, and so I'm trying to I'm trying to auto correct. But I also think at that same turn, I think men don't do that for women, especially for black women. I feel like we're the most unprotected group of people ever and no one is having our back be, and, and consistently being criticized for us re, you know, behaving the way in which we behave mm-hmm. because of the result of our product, right? So this mm-hmm. is a vicious cycle. Right. So it's one of these things that I try to talk about a lot. I'm really big on us just working as a whole for women. Like I think I have so many like interpersonal issues that I found just growing up in this world and growing up at, in this working environment, and they're all about how we interact and how we treat people. Like I, I ultimately, I would, I would love to say that I have great relationships with everybody and I have a good, res- healthy respect for everybody. I don't. But one of the things that I think we really should start valuing, which we don't, is just our time and our human and human life. Like we don't spend time appreciating the people we are with. So when I'm teasing you about giving the girls flowers and roses like i mean that shit like the girl that's that kind of thing means a lot you don't Mm -hmm. know what somebody's small thing yeah you don't know what their day is like you don't know how that touched somebody's heart whether Mm -hmm. they had a crush on you or not stack like those things matter Mm -hmm. knowing that somebody sees you and can relate to you and touch you and say i I feel your spirit you Mm -hmm. you matter so i feel that's kind of where i'm at peace love and happiness and joy that's where i'm at in this in this phase of my life In, in terms of professionally and issues that matter for me i want to I want to transition. I want to go to a new level. Like I like working where I work, but it's time for me. I think I'm getting the itch and it's time for me to be in a place in which I can use my voice in in, in a much louder way, right? Unapologetically. What would something like that be? Tell me what that is. For me, that is working more in a a personality realm where I could host different shows or I could... um, talk about what I love. Like, I love doing this. I know I'm nosy as hell and I ask questions, but that's just a natural curiosity. I'm just in mm-hmm. your business, right? And I want to be able to do more of that. I want to, I definitely want to work in the arena of mental health. Like, that's so huge. Like, I want to be able to tell those stories and how people, and how it's okay to get therapy. And we shouldn't have to pay for therapy. Therapy's mm-hmm. crazy. Therapy mm-hmm. is a million dollars a session. It's just a conversation. It's just, yeah, why am I paying that? You know, I want to be able to be on that forefront. I want to be able to advocate for that because I can, I've seen it change change lives mm-hmm. and I've seen it destroy lives right like in my family I don't know how you guys grew up I'm like I ain't, I ain't going to that I was like mom come to therapy let's talk about some of our, our issues what we're dealing with she's like mm, I don't believe in that why not well that's how they grew up and right. they don't think it's right but I want to be able to talk about that on a level and if you see celebrities doing it and people with influence doing it and people who matter talking it about it then you're like oh okay it's mm-hmm. not it doesn't have that stigmatism to it right. it doesn't have that like 
oh, I don't do that. If mm-hmm. everybody's doing it. Opening mm-hmm. up, right. right. Turn you, on it, your leaf. Why not? <clears throat> do you feel the responsibility of, you know, obviously like you just spoke on your platform and who you are and what you've been able to accomplish. Um, do you feel the responsibility of being a mentor? Yeah. Mandatory. Hell yeah. That's honestly like I tell these girls I was like I know I'm cute, my new gold hair and um, <laughs> yeah, I, legs yeah, out, ones on, ones on. I'm real, I'm real put together. But I'm t- at the end of the day, like all you see is that part. Like mm-hmm. I was like, it's hard work. Like I just didn't show up and put on a little dress and go out here and start talking. All of this is hard work. And so if you're not giving back and you're not explaining that, then you're not doing nothing. I on oh, everything. I love your job as service. If you are not giving back, you're not worth anything. Mm-hmm. I swear. That's the only reason I, I say that to everybody. Because I'm like, well, why do I have this platform? Why do I have this pocket? Why do I have this little bit of change? Why do I have this? What Everything I have is not just to keep, mm-hmm. right? It's not to keep. You're supposed to share. You're supposed to give it out. Like, And I'm doing that in, in the only way that I know how to do it. And, and because somebody did it for me. All you need is one yes. You need I'll, one person to believe in you. I always say, if we're not, if we're not out here supporting each other, then what are we doing? You're, and you're you know big on I mean? that. You know, you we're not doing, we're wasting time. You know, this is a perfect time for all, a lot, especially us as a race, our race. We've seen the 20 to 30 make more money than we've ever made mm-hmm. in, in this time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's even more imperative that we support each other and build each other up along the way. You I'm know, with you. It's, it's, it's real important. What do you what do you think when you hear like a girl like I want to be just like you? What is that? Knowing your journey and what it took to get here, what is oh, it? What do you humbling. think? I'm like, what? What do you mean? What does that mean? <laughs> I'm thinking about like, uh, well, you would be like me. I'm still on some bullshit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but when little girls, you know, what I mean, I know, little girls I know. know. I yeah. know what you're saying, but in yeah. my mind, I immediately go to, right. huh? Me? Did they see what I was doing the other day? Um, I'm such a mess. I think it's super. They love that, though. That's what they love. <laughs> really? That's what they love. And I'm glad you got to show that here because I've known you for a while. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, just how cool and down. You don't get that on. You're not, I you know. You can't give that on ESPN. Yeah, it's hard. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, right. You right. just can't. You know, Everybody so to did. be able to. They'd be like, you're such an elegant hood lady. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. Because uh, I am. <laughs> to commercial. Uh, yeah, yeah. To commercial. Thank you. Because <laughs> right. it's funny. They'll be like, you seem so. I'm like, I get it. I know. I'm not. Damn mm-hmm. it. But um, I, I'm humble by that because I, I think that um, I think that we I knew when I was a little kid you, you, okay so you guys can relate to this when you were a little kid did you did you feel whatever it was that was special about you or different about you whenever there's a moment in our lives where we're just like mm-hmm. you're supposed to be doing something mm-hmm. special Every, we'll, we, we've had it mm-hmm. if you haven't had it I, I want you guys to really whoever this is listening to the podcast and watching it I want you to look for it because you can still have it as an adult but there was a time when I was a kid and I was like oh okay that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm supposed to touch people. I'm supposed to reach people. I I've, I, mean, swear to God, I can remember the day. And then I didn't know what I was going to do with it. But I knew that it was supposed to be bigger than, than just me. And, you know, it's not an accident that everybody has this platform because you knew the moment. Right. You remember the day. It's dope. <clears throat> Who's someone you looked up to in this space? You mentioned Oprah. Was she your main focus? Was there anyone in the sports realm that you looked up to female-wise? Yeah. <clears throat> I liked, you know, this is so weird, y'all. Like, I'm about to give you guys this thing. I'm like, who is she? Why is she like her? Um, I like Diane Sawyer. Mm. I like Diane Sawyer. And I'm going to tell you why. She was like a beauty queen before she became that journalist mm-hmm. type chick, right? And she was always so beautiful and elegant, but always so real and honest. And her questions, she was just very sincere. She would just ask you a question and she could politely 
tear you up, get all in your business, but still look at you with such a loving, endearing mm -hmm. way. And I was like, that shit's great because mm -hmm. she genuinely, it's yeah, it's a gift because she's literally <clears throat> connecting with your soul, but telling you, you ain't shit if that's the case, right? right. <laughs> like, same time. I, it's the same time. It's like, but it's like, it's a genuine thing. And, um, I just always liked her, what I thought was authenticity. And um, I never, like when I would watch her or as a kid, I'd be like, she's great. Obviously it was Oprah, but in terms of her style, how she carried herself, I think a lot of women in my business, even before I got to ESPN, I felt like a lot of women thought they had to be dressed like boys, right? Mm -hmm. Like wear suits. And be I'd very, be sexy. Yeah, right. I was like, oh. Hide your sexiness. I'm like, ho, 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 ho. You could do both. You could, it's, yeah. like, who says you can't? Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all about it. Like, it's not fake. That, I want to do it all. Like, right. instant, and you ultimately will have to pay attention to me. Whether you, you might be looking at whatever, but you're going to ultimately pay attention right. to me, too. Mm -hmm. And I think she was, to me, one of the first, like, real, like, elegant women we were put together. Um, and once you got past all that, you could listen to this. We got some quick hitters before you get out of here. Okay. Jackie, you want to start it? Top five sneakers of all time. Mm. You're, you're a low-key sneakerhead. I do have a lot of, you know what? I wear a lot of Jordans. Like, I, I have so many of these. Like, I can't even ones. do you get do you get your go-to my ones do you get boxes of jordan sent to you or how you get them i do i do <laughs> i do get them Jack sent wants to me to i do get them sent to me but i i ask too like sorry i ask too like people will say hey carrie let me send you something i'm like yeah okay send me some I, everybody got a hookup you got a mm -hmm, yeah. shout out to samantha baker you got a mm -hmm. hookup close mouth don't get fed uh, yeah hi yeah so, jack has a begging section of our uh, of our show that he gets fed with oh well, i like those because i wanted a pair of those so kobe sent those to you his lady gave them to you he, I got, just got hooked up. You, you know. say you know someone that knows someone. You know someone. Someone. Okay, somebody. You know somebody. somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know somebody. Washington, I'm definitely blessed. Send me. I and I think and I don't. I I've never strayed away from Nike. Like I ones are the only thing. I can't even give you top five. I ones. I used to wear Adidas back in the day. Like I I used to like Yeezys. But I mean and that and that was just real trendy. Like yeah. everybody was wearing them, right? Because everybody thought they mm -hmm. was the ones. But except no. me. You didn't. You didn't wear any. I've never bought one pair. You didn't like Never them. wore one pair. That's good. See, you did though. Mm -hmm. I was Adidas. My oh, whole career. were you really? Yeah, I was Adidas. My whole, it's like the last two years of my career. I went they to Nike. They took my deal, bro. Yeah, so I was with Adidas since I was like Fuck fourteen. <laughs> God damn it! So you ain't know. See, they didn't know. They didn't understand what being a rider was at the time. So they decided to just take my deal. They thought I was just going up there willy-nilly. Willy -nilly. Nah, I was going to ride for my homeboys. Mm -hmm. You know, they took my deal. But That's shout okay. out to Zach at Adidas. If I need something, you still look out. All look right, out he still you. take care of you. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, I just I just only wear ones. And then, of course, I have low tops. I love them. Like, I bought a, I mean, the, the special edition ones now, every 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 actress, every celebrity, every every movie star got some version of uh, of ones. Have you noticed mm, that? Yeah. Like, did you say, I'm like, dang, why, how come you, mm, do you mm, got a deal? Mm, the shoe oh, surgeon. Yeah, I'm like, dang, what is going on? I want one, too. It's a secret um, society. So just a Nike girl. That's it. Nike I don't have girl. nothing else. I only wear one. I like. Uh, I only wear Jordans, and I think that that's just because they look good on my feet. Like I don't even you have. You need an endorsement. You need to tell them. I tried. What happened? Jack knows some people at Jordan. They took his boxes away, but he still knows some people over yeah, there. He might be able to holler at some people for you. I can't help you right now. <laughs> Why not? At Jordan. Well, tell her about story. your boxes. What happened to your boxes? What they, happened? They cut his boxes off. Yeah, but it, but the guy who used to run Jordan at the time was kind of weird, dude. And he doesn't he doesn't work there no more. He's the guy that stopped sending me boxes. Now. All the guys. So we've we been trying to get a message back to MJ that Jack needs well, his actually, boxes. Well, actually, shout out to MJ's daughter. She texted me, and I've, I'm actually been talking to her. Did so, she okay. really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Marcus was uh, on Jim, one of, Jimmy Butler plugged it, so shout out yeah. to Jimmy Butler. Mark, uh, Marcus Jordan was on one of my other shows I host for Complex, and I and you didn't say nothing to him. Yeah, I, I did, he gave me his number, so it's still an open up invitation. What are you waiting on? 
don't know. I just wanted to tease you with it a little bit. Okay, all right, cool. I'm just glad you got the number. Next question. <laughs> a, a dream dinner table where you can soak up as much knowledge as you can. Give me the top five people, dead or alive, you've had at that table with you. Maya Angelou, mm. Condoleezza Rice. Mm. This is so, because I've been listening to these master classes. Um, DJ and I don't know him like that, Dwayne Johnson, but I would like him. I would, because mm-hmm. you, you guys co-host. Yeah, together, but right? we don't sit and talk and get real. Like I right. want to have some tequila with him and talk about just the moves he's making and how he's, he's a yeah. monster and the biggest star in all, yes. probably the biggest star in the world. Yes. Yeah, not Hollywood, the world. I, I, yeah. I went from playing at Miami to getting kicked not out. Playing. The, like, not really playing, like not playing. Right, kicked out of the CFL. Then I'm gonna be a wrestler like my family. Then I'm going to start guest starring in movies, like, but just be myself in movies. But then I'm going to start actually doing movies and be really bad at it. And then really just perfect my craft and become a decent actor. And then Wrestler. Now, like, how? Host of shows. How, like, Keep getting paid, man. In every way. Realm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every way. Got an Under Armour line. Mm-hmm. It's like, to- it, it sells out more than Tom Brady's. Like, mm-hmm. what? No, the rock. It's getting crazy. Only one with a spinoff from Fast and Furious. Yeah. Like, all of that. So, I would, I, I want to know... Like and and he stays up. Like, how do you he do that? Sleep neither, right? Yeah, yeah no. He was like, no, it's no need. Like when when we filmed that show, he we would wrap at three a.m. He go work out mm-hmm. and then start his second job where he was doing voiceovers. Dedication. And I was just like, what is that? Where does that come from? And he too talked about battling depression. Like mm-hmm. I'm still dealing with it. Like how, so, he would be there. Um, clearly, I have over there. And then I would have my dad and my mom. Wow, nice. Yeah. That's dope. That'd be some good food. Top two most memorable interviews. So many. Um, or favorite. Memorable or favorite, either one. For me, and here go the fan, Magic came on FT for an hour and some change. First time I ever met him. And that was like a moment like <laughs> it's magic that was my favorite player growing up too I was with you grandma look at me now my whole heart broke grandma look at me now you know, y'all know how Magic, how cool he is. Super I remember one day cool. calling his assistant on Christmas Day, like probably like five years ago, and I was like, is Magic around on Christmas Day? Because it was a Laker game. They always play on Christmas Day. I want him to speak to my grandmother. Do you know he got on the phone and talked to my grandmother really? for five minutes? Do you know she could have died and went to heaven at that yeah, moment? Dope. The look in her eyes, she was so happy. I've never seen this woman flinch, be nervous. She's so like well put together. She was so nervous, so happy. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm all set. That was it. That's, That's all dope. I ever did. So that yeah. was one. I don't necessarily know if this was <laughs> a great interview, but do you guys remember when Chad Johnson came on first take right after he got kicked out of the league for allegedly not to touching the, his his, uh, his his then wife or ex wife? Domestic violence. Yeah, uh-huh. Do you remember that? Mm, I don't remember the detail. Um, that was our, that was one of the most memorable moments because. Uh, they came at his head. And when I tell you it was like a Spanish Inquisition, I felt I felt so bad for him. And then they were like, okay, you could, and then to be a part of that, to ask all these questions and see him, how he, I mean, you could cut the tension with a knife. It was like, you can't turn away from it because he wasn't talking, but they were, I mean, it was just, it was crazy. Chad just was not backing down and I was proud of him, but it was the most, it was one of those moments. That and like, remember those art, like there were so many of these different moments where you have and you sitting and you watching these people or like when T.O. came on there, he looked like he went to fight skip. Like mm-hmm. those moments, you can't, you mm-hmm. can't relive those right. moments. Like to be there when they getting ready to go at each other and commercial break, you're just like, oh shit, who getting, like somebody about to get beat. I literally felt T.O. was about to jump across the table and beat Skip's ass. Like it was that uncomfortable because up until that moment, T.O. hadn't talked to anybody 
and Skip used to talk so bad about him. Yeah, Remember him. when he was a cowboy? He was talking so bad about him. And you could, and you know, T.O. was an emotional guy. Anyway, you could just feel like he was about to jump out of the screen and beat his. So there was one of those moments. We can curse. Yes. Yes. We can say whatever. Last question. Yes. If you can have a sentence or a billboard to share with the world, what would your message be? These are deep. Ain't nobody. Damn. What? Mm-hmm. Share with the world. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Mm, that's simple. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. That's the only reason why I think I'm successful. I don't believe all the hype and I don't believe all the hate. Mm-hmm. Right in the middle, even kill. Mm-hmm. I like that. I don't believe the hype and I don't believe all the hate. Because it's never that extreme. That's dope. It's never that extreme. Well, Carrie, we appreciate your time. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. I love thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Where's my rose, Stack? I, I said, he smoked. <laughs> he, he smoked it. I'll go run and get it right now. <laughs> That's a wrap. Episode 12 with the lovely Carrie Champion C-C. herself. My brother, Jack. Dose. Another great show. You can catch us on Showtime Basketball YouTube channel or any platform streaming podcast. All of them. All these years we've been building, building, building. When that opportunity do come my way, that's when the magic happens. What a Growing up in the Edelman household was crazy. Depression, anxiety, those were things I had. I had haters before, I just got more now. Legalizing sports gambling, might as well legalize cocaine and crystal meth. So many people wanted Sonny dead. Question is, who got to him first? This is the hard work part. It's the part that I don't see. We help people understand football. Holy goodness smokes! We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.